Welcome to Evidence of Monsters. I'm Becca. I'm Shannon. And just so if you couldn't tell, that voice in that video was Jean Benet Ramsey. So that's who we're going to do today. Um, it's going to be a lot. It's a lot. She, those <laughs> of you who don't know, I assume if you're here at any part of True Crime, you know at least a little bit about her. But um, Jean Benet Ramsey is one of the most famous unsolved murders in. American history. She was a six-year-old beauty queen. She's murdered in her own home on Christmas night. This is a kid one, so it's going to be hard for us. This is our first kid one, and we're doing a big one for our first kid one. Yeah, and it's a bad one, too. Yeah, and if you know us at all by now, we don't like like doing kids, but we really wanted to talk about this. Yes, there's a lot of information in this one, but Mm -hmm. it is definitely hard to here and hard to talk about but we're gonna do our best (laughs) we got it we're gonna be fine ready okay i'm ready okay let's go let's do it okay jean benet patricia ramsey she was born on august 6 1990 in atlanta georgia she was named after her parents john bennett ramsey and patricia they call her patsy ramsey um Patsy was born on December 29, 1956. She had a bachelor's degree in journalism, and she was a former beauty queen. In 1977, at the age of 20, she won the title of Miss Virginia. Um, So she's a real deal beauty queen. John was born on December 7, 1943. He had a master's degree in business administration and a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. When he was 23 years old, he joined the Navy, and he also married his first wife, Lucinda Pash. They had three children together, but they divorced in 1978. Um, Their oldest daughter, Elizabeth, she was killed in a car crash at the age of 22. That was in 1992, so that was four years before John Bonet is murdered. On November 5th, 1980, when John was 37 years old, he married Patsy. She was 23 at the time. Um... Their son, Burke, was born on January 27, 1987. Burke is three and a half years older than John Bonet. And after John Bonet was born, they moved to Boulder, Colorado in 1991. By 1996, John Bonet was enrolled in kindergarten at High Peaks Elementary School. And John was president and chief executive officer of a company called Access Graphics. The company grossed over a billion dollars and John's personal net worth was $6.4 million at the time. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so John Monet was she was a beauty queen too. She was in a lot of pageants. That was John Monet's last pageant that she did. She's so stinking cute. No. I know. She is adorable. Absolutely. I'm purposely not looking up pictures during this because I have to disassociate. <laughs> I freaking, I've, I've looked at her pictures. I looked at the pageant Aww. videos, the, the home videos, like where she's just at home playing. Oh my God, I can't. Like she's, she's freaking so adorable. But um, I don't know exactly how many pageants she was in. It's kind of hard to tell that. But um, 
that was her last one. That was on December 17th, 1996. That was eight days before she was murdered. Uh, she's obviously saying rocking around the Christmas tree and she was crowned little Miss Christmas. She was good at it. She was very good at it. Uh, I don't know how many pageants she did total, but by the time of her death, she had also won Little Miss Colorado, Little Miss Charlevoix, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, America's Royal Miss, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. My goodness. That's at six years old. So that's Do we know if good. she liked doing the pageants or if it was her mother's idea? I've heard it's pretty much her mother's idea, but she definitely liked doing them um mm -hmm. and all of the interviews with everybody they say that she was very outgoing she had fun doing it so Aww. i think she definitely enjoyed it i know a lot of people have problems with little girls being in beauty pageants and stuff i don't think it's a bad thing as long as the kid actually wants to do it like yes, if it's their choice if the parents are forcing them into it then that's a whole different thing like exactly. I watched too, yes. too much Dance Moms. I can. <laughs> yes, I watched a lot of that too, and yeah, I love Dance Moms. It's not always that dramatic, though. I mean, yeah, no, the kids are enjoying it. It shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, exactly. And I get that the mom wanted her to have that experience because she had that experience. Yes, I totally understand that. That makes so much sense. So that's something yeah. they could bond over. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's fine. But I know that the people like with the makeup and they put fake eyelashes and then sometimes they'll color their hair. Like, don't go overboard like that. Right. I agree. They're still children. Like, I get that they should be treated and look like children. I agree with yeah. that, too. But but it's fine for them to get dressed up and look pretty and wear the, yeah. the pretty dresses and do their little dance. That's fine. Kids play dress up anyway if they want to do it exactly. on stage. That's fine. Exactly. Went an award. It's, that's great. Cute. Yes. Okay, so Christmas Day in 1996, this was John Bonet's last day alive. Hmm. Um, the family, they woke up and opened presents. They had a very normal Christmas. John Bonet got a bike for Christmas. Um, they went to a Christmas party at their friend's house that day for Christmas dinner. Um, they were there till about 930. And when they got home, John Bonet was asleep and John had to carry her to bed. Um, the next morning, December 26th, Patsy wakes up very early and goes downstairs. As she's walking down, she sees a note laying on the bottom of the staircase. It's a three-page handwritten note stating that mm. John Bonet had been kidnapped and demanded a ransom of $118,000. The note said that somebody would call later to talk about getting the money. It actually said tomorrow. So Patsy runs upstairs immediately to check on John Bonet, and then she sees that she is not in her bed. God, the panic. I can, the I absolute panic. Like, I, I have no. Both words of us that. are like. <laughs> I know we're like speaking with our hands. Attacks right now. <laughs> yeah, y'all can't see that, but we are. We're we're communicating. Flapping our arms around and like clutching <laughs> our heads, and <laughs> we can't even imagine. Like there was this one time where we had people over, and I couldn't find <laughs> for like. 30 seconds in our own house. <laughs> he was hiding behind a door. We found him in a minute. But me and Daniel were like running around screaming like, where did he go out the front door? Somebody go look on the street. Go look in the backyard. <laughs> we are panicked. And he was gone for half a second <laughs> in our own house. <laughs> right. Exactly. I can't imagine what she must have felt in that moment. The horror of it. It's terrifying. I, I cannot imagine. Oh, my God. I know. I need to take a breath. It's, and we're not even there yet. I know. We haven't even gotten to the worst parts of it. Just reading that note and seeing that my child was not where they were supposed to be 
I would have blacked out. I wouldn't even exactly. know what to do. Yes. Like, I would have freaked. Yeah, she was freaking out. I'm freaking out. Okay. I'm freaking so, out. Yeah. <laughs> so we know what happens so, and we're freaking out. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why we're freaking out. Okay. So she immediately yells for John to go check on Burke. Um, they find that Burke is asleep in his bed, but JonBenet is definitely missing. Because I thought he was in the shower. Like she yells and he uh, jumps he out of the, the shower. shower. Yeah. 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 Go check and make sure Burke. Yes, he was in the shower. You're, you're right about that. She and then Burke said that he just saw his mom run in and she freaks out and looks around a little and then runs back out. And like he stayed in bed pretty much all morning yes. until after, until later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He stayed in bed. Um, but they're freaking out right now. The parents at least are freaking out right now, obviously. So Pat, Patsy immediately calls the Boulder Police Department, even though the ransom note specifically says, do not call the police, but she does. Obviously. You always call the police, <laughs> even if they tell you not to. I don't care if they tell you not to call them, call them. Yes. So she also calls her family and friends to come help look for Jean Monnet because, you know, she's been kidnapped. At 5.55, the police arrive. This is 5.55 a.m., very early in the morning. There were a lot of issues with the initial investigation. First of all, only Jean Monnet's room was taped off as a crime scene at first. So friends and family were all allowed to just roam freely throughout the house. Um, the friends were even allowed to clean up. They even helped Patsy like wipe up the kitchen a little bit and stuff. That makes me so angry. I don't, I don't understand because like part of me is like my child is missing. I wouldn't be paying attention to anything happening around me until my child mm -hmm. was found. Like I would be so right. distraught. I couldn't even imagine. But then at the same time, I've, I don't know. I feel like I would be like, do not touch anything. Everybody get out. Don't touch anything. I want to find her. If you touch it, I'm never going to find her. But I don't know if I'd be... But we have crime brain. That's true, too. That's we true. have and crime to... brain. We're like, don't yeah. touch it. Don't mess with the evidence. I don't want That's you to... Exactly. I don't want you... In... I wouldn't want anybody in my house at all. Exactly. I would have... I've been like, don't... Nobody touch it. Don't come in. I'm... Nobody come in here. What if they touched the door and then you touch the door and then it's all messed up? Like... Exactly. Yes, I would be freaking out. I feel like anyway, but then at the same time, I'd be so distraught that I don't even know if I could yeah, make those yeah. thoughts in my brain at that time. Exactly. Yeah. I don't and know. In the nineties, so, you don't think like that. You just don't exactly. like they, and That's they true. thought they lived in a really nice neighborhood. They probably weren't worried about locking the doors. The house had a security system that they never used. Yeah. And cause uh, John said that it was like super loud. It made too much noise and they didn't use it. Yeah. They lived in a very nice neighborhood. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I kind of get it, especially in the 90s. They felt safe enough exactly. to not even use the security system. Right. That's a lot. And But but then the friend, they say the friend cleaned the kitchen, but obviously not very well because the bowl was still there. That's true. Exactly. Yes. So what did they even do? Right. They have clean the true. kitchen? Maybe somebody stopped them? Somebody with sense? Maybe. I wonder. That's a good point. Because I didn't even think about that because the bowl is definitely like in pictures unless it was after they it took is. pictures of them after they found and then they cleaned up they, i don't think they came in taking pictures they came in and they did like their initial search right right they yes. like checked the house because i guess the part of it is you're supposed to check to see if the child is hiding in the house that's the first right. thing you're supposed I, to do but they yes. didn't even search the entire house right and then that's when they true. didn't find her the only place that they thought was anywhere related to her disappearance was her room they didn't even worry about the rest of the house yeah i don't understand that I'm trying to get too far ahead. No, you're fine. That's good, though. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so another thing is that police did not immediately interview Patsy or John. Um, 
I don't know. I heard that John and Patsy refused to be interviewed unless they were interviewed together. I've watched so much stuff on this, and they're all so conflicting. There's a lot of conflicting information. Yes. It's like if, if they're pushing it one way, it's one story, and then if they're pushing it the other way, you hear totally different stuff. So it's like... Exactly. It's exactly. I wouldn't imagine that if they get this call and they're like, oh, my... What is she? Five, six years old is missing. Six yes. years old. My six-year-old is missing. I don't think they're like, let's interview the parents. They haven't, they don't know anything yet. They don't even know where she's at or if she's really kidnapped. They've got this note. Exactly. I don't, we won't get into the note right now. We'll get into the note later, but like. We don't do that. <laughs> there's a lot. Okay. I don't know. Okay. There's two windows that were open. Did you see that part? No, I only know about the one window in the basement. Okay. There was a window like inside the house that was open too, but then I couldn't figure out. It was on one of the documentaries. I think it was the one with Louise Smith too, because that was the best one. There was like a window inside the house that was like cracked open, and then there was a window, Which the window? window in the basement. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going with that. Now, like, I don't know why I'm bringing this. <laughs> <laughs> this thing confuses me so much. This is why I there's so out. much. There's so much going on. The problem with this know. case is that it's been reported over and over and over and over again by so many different sources who are taking information from other sources that came before them and the information changes a little bit every single time somebody tells the story. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay. So they're waiting because the kidnappers are supposed to call. Okay. So they're all Mm -hmm. waiting for the phone call. Phone call does not come. They wait past the time that it's supposed to come and it doesn't come. They're starting to kind of not run out of stuff to do, but run out of stuff to do. So at about one o'clock, one of the detectives has John and one of his friends walk around the house to see if they can find anything else out of place or anything suspicious. The first place John goes and looks is the basement. That's the first place he goes? That's the first place he goes. Oh, um, see, I don't I like know. that. I don't and like I heard I that the, the cop asking him to go and search is supposed to be weird, but I don't think it is. I think it's more they they couldn't find anything else. So they needed somebody who knew the house to go and look and see if anything was not where it was supposed to be or anything was missing because they wouldn't know if something's missing. Exactly. That's why I feel like it's not weird because apparently like they had done their search and then there's only one detective still there with them. And he's like, why don't you just go see if you notice anything weird? You know, I don't think that's an odd thing for them to ask. I feel like at that point, what else were they supposed to do? I mean, all they know is that she's missing. So, I mean, exactly. they don't know. Right. It is yeah. weird that the basement is the first place he looks. Maybe he'd I already looked in the rest of the house, though. I don't know. Because they had searched the house, but they didn't search in the extra little room that's in the basement. John called it the wine cellar. It's just like a little cellar. But he didn't room. know that. But he, I don't know if he knew that or not. Maybe that's what they told him. Maybe, I don't know. That's yeah. part of what they told him. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if he was just trying to start from the bottom and work his way up the house to look. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. For whatever reason, he goes down there. Yes. Okay, so that's the first place they look. In the room, they find the body of John Bonet. We didn't do any trigger warnings. There are probably a lot for this. Um, oh, yeah. Murder of a child, sexual assault, sexual assault of a child. Um, yeah, it's not fun the way she's found or autopsy we're going to talk about we're going to have to talk about it in detail yes um it's not gonna be fun yeah yeah it's not gonna be fun i'm not excited about that part so we're not gonna like it y'all aren't gonna like it we're gonna get through this together it's gonna be fine 
Exactly. Yes, it'll be on. <laughs> and we're going to do it right now. So trigger warning. Oh, God. So her, her arms were extended out and her head turned to the side. Her body was covered with a blanket and she had a Colorado Avalanche sweatshirt. A white synthetic cord was wrapped around her neck and there was a cord loosely tied around her wrist over the sleeve of her shirt. The sweatshirt was her pajamas. I was really confused yes. when I read that. I was yeah. like, who gave her a sweatshirt? Whose sweatshirt is that? Is that evidence? What is going on? But no, it was her sweatshirt. Yes, that's what she was wearing. Um, in 2000, John Ramsey did an interview on ABC News with Barbara Walters, and he said, I knew instantly what I had found. I found my daughter. She was lying on a white blanket. The blanket was wrapped around her. Her hands were tied above her cheek. I took the tape off immediately off her mouth. I tried to untie the cord that was around her arms, and I couldn't get the knot untied. So John removed the duct tape. He picked up John Bonet, and he brought her body upstairs. Mm-hmm. It stresses me out so much because, like, don't touch the body. Don't, but don't, he, don't touch the body. But, but it's his daughter. Like, yeah. his six-year-old daughter. What? What do you expect him to do? People give him a lot of crap for picking her up. And I'm like, I would have done the same thing immediately. That's exactly. That's immediately your first reaction would be to pick Mm -hmm. up your child. Like, I can't. Nobody touched touched my kid. Something bad happened here. Better not touch. I know. No, that would be weird. That would be exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm very conflicted about that. It bothers me. But then at the same time, I, I get it. I like obviously yeah. that's what you no, it do. doesn't even bother me at all like i feel like that's the most <laughs> rational thing to do in that moment is you right. pick up your child and you go try to get them help yeah my immediate thought would not be oh my god my child's dead it would be like oh my god my child needs help right. exactly. that, yes. that would be where my brain went <sighs> it kills me so sad okay I know. i'm like sweating just talking about this i know, I know. i'm like hot i don't like it <sighs> we can do it we got this i know that when he brought her upstairs that patsy was like distraught obviously yeah. she like yeah. fell to the ground she's holding her you know, they had other mm-hmm. detectives at the time walking in the door and they're all they can see is Patsy sitting there like wailing, holding mm-hmm. her child. I can't right. even imagine. At that point, yes, there's been a murder. She's found in the house. So now they're going to treat it like they should have probably been treating it the whole time, but they didn't know. Okay. So now they're investigating, you know, like it's a murder scene and they know where she was found. So they can investigate that little room and everything else in the house mm-hmm. now. Problem so, is that the and, investigators have no homicide experience whatsoever. That is true. Yes, exactly. And they have no freaking idea what they're doing. Yes, they were not ready for this at all, especially mm-hmm. in a neighborhood like this. They were. It makes me okay. so angry. I know it was not handled right, but no. Here we go. John Bonet's autopsy. Oh god, so, we're going there already. Oh my god, we're there. Okay. Trigger warning. I'll skip ahead if you want. Okay, so her cause of death was asphyxiation oh my god why well, can't I say it cause of death was asphyxiation I, I said it like 40 asphyxiation. times asphyxiation yes, due to strangulation okay you can do it the word I'm not gonna try again but she was, she was strangled so this okay anyways by the way we laugh to cope with trauma you guys okay right. don't think that we're heartless we just don't know what else to do yeah, I promise you I've cried like 40 times doing this. It's awful. Yeah, no, we're not okay, just so you know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm traumatized. Okay, so cause of death, asphyxiation due to strangulation. Skull fracture, she had an 8.5-inch fracture that ran the length of the right side of her head. Um, it was determined that she was hit before she was strangled and killed because she had swelling oh. on the brain. So she was hit, and then she was strangled. 
Um, oh, wow. Her mouth was covered in duct tape. Her wrists and neck were wrapped in a white cord. She had two sets of two circular marks about three and a half centimeters apart, one on her cheek and one on her back. They looked, they look like taser marks. Okay, so she also had bruises and abrasions on her shoulders, legs, and feet. There was no conclusive evidence of rape. Um, they had, there was no semen. It looked like she had been wiped clean. But there was evidence of sexual assault. So the main thing about her autopsy is the pineapple that was found in her stomach. Um, it was undigest, undigested, so it could be eaten. Or oh my god, okay. Stop. It was, <laughs> it was undigested. I can't talk about this child. Oh Hold on. Let's, let's go back a little bit because I feel like we're missing some stuff about the autopsy. I know you want to get through it really fast, but I feel like we're missing some stuff there. There's a lot of detail there that needs to be talked about. I know you want to get it over with, but we got to talk about it. She had the cord around her neck and then one wrist, which always confused me. Yes. So she didn't have it around both? Did she have evidence of it being around the other one at any point? Like marks? Right. I wondered that. She was assaulted and then they found the wood fibers, which is how they know that the paintbrush was used. Yes. I was. Yeah. I had. And I'm kind of glad we did, but I also. I had the paintbrush thing in here and then I took it out because <laughs> I couldn't. I... It's part of the story. Okay. So the paintbrush, they said. I saw that she was assaulted with the paintbrush and that's, mm -hmm. that's what I had in here. But then I also saw what was used to make the garage. Cause I thought that they it thought was that that the paintbrush. was a paintbrush. I think it was used for both. I don't. Which is horrifying. I didn't want to know that. I think that's why I figured out. I <laughs> I'm so to... sorry. Oh. She was assaulted with a paintbrush handle. And they know that because they found the wood fibers of the paintbrush handle during the autopsy, they found fibers. I know there was a paintbrush handle used to choke her. I'm pretty sure it was the same one. Okay, but I thought... Okay, so I thought that they couldn't find part of something. I think they couldn't find the other part of the paintbrush. Okay, but they have pictures of the one that's tied to the rope, don't they? Of the neck. handle? Because I do know what you mean. There was, there was a piece missing that they couldn't find, which is why they couldn't yeah. connect it to the parents, because they couldn't find the other half of this paintbrush. Right. We're not going to be able to cut all of this out. So I hope y'all can follow along with the way that we talk about a story because <laughs> we're going to be going back and forth a lot. I can't. We are. Yeah. It. Most of y'all listening know this story already. We're going to get to everything. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to it. So if you're confused now, you won't be later. It'll be fine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just stick with us. Okay. We're working on it. So what else do we need to go? Was there anything else from the autopsy we wanted to talk about? Just the pineapple. But the pineapple is important because John and Patsy said they did not give her pineapple that night. Right. And But there was a bowl of pineapple on the counter when the police were doing their search. Right. So at some so, point, she had to have gotten up during the night, gone to the kitchen, and eaten pineapple before being in the basement. And they say, I don't know why it's always, they always say somebody had to have given her the pineapple. I don't know if she couldn't get to it. I mean. I don't imagine a six-year-old could cut up a pineapple by herself. Well, I don't know if it's cut. I mean, they sell freaking pineapple in a can that you can, which she couldn't I don't know open if it was canned probably. pineapple or fresh pineapple. We don't know enough about the pineapple to know if she could do it herself. Oh, yeah, yeah. How is she going to open a can by herself at six years old, though? Yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. But they also, they sell sliced pineapple in the store. Unless it was in, like, one of those containers that you can just, like, open, like, the plastic. That's what I mean, yeah, like the plastic. Because that's, that's how my son eats watermelon. But they say that, that Birkin, um, 
Jean-Benet ate pineapple like all the time like that was their little yeah. snack that they would eat time, that so. see that bothers me too the person who gave it to her she either had to specifically ask for it or they had to know that that's something that she ate it was pineapples exactly. with milk just so y'all if y'all don't know it was a bowl yeah. of pineapple in milk which is yeah. weird I've never heard of that before this case yeah. and so whoever gave it to her had to know that that was something she ate or she had to ask for it and if she asked for it she had to be comfortable enough with that person to ask them for it. Exactly. That's exactly. And I feel like that's such a huge clue. I agree. I agree completely. The bowl, they did test the bowl for fingerprints. It had Burke and Patsy's fingerprints on it, but there was no way to tell. I mean, it's their house. It's their house. It's their bowl. Yeah, Yeah. it's their bowl. Like, so you can't tell. And if it was somebody else, they could have had a glove, you know, you never know. So that wasn't too. But it didn't have Jean Benet's fingerprints on it? I don't think so. It did unless they just didn't say that because it was obvious. But I feel like that's not obvious though, because if she touched the bowl, she could have done it herself. But if she didn't touch the bowl, someone else had to make it for her. I don't know. They always say that somebody made it for her, so I don't know if they just knew that she couldn't do. However, the pineapple was she couldn't get it herself. I don't know. Right, right. I don't but, think my um, six-year-old can pour milk by himself. I don't so. Think so see, when kids make a snack, it comes with exactly. Everything all over the counter and all over the floor. And if, a, if an adult does it, the pineapple and milk is going in the bowl. That's the only place it's going. If she did it by herself, it would have been a mess. Right. That's true. It's unlikely she could have made it herself. Not impossible. Right. Highly unlikely. And then she would have made a mess, but the friend cleaned the kitchen. How do we know she right? made a mess? That's true. That's true. The friend did clean the kitchen, so maybe she did make a mess. Maybe there was a mess. Maybe that's why she cleaned the kitchen. Hey, look, somebody made a mess in here. But did they ask her if she cleaned up a mess? Probably not. I would assume so, but I would also assume, you know, that you wouldn't be cleaning your kitchen. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So we don't know. We don't know what it looked like when she was in there. Because it wasn't left the way she left it. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. Well, that's hard. Okay, so they found a broken window in the basement. Um, The window is right off of an alleyway that borders the back of the house. So I would assume that's where they would come in at, Mm -hmm. you know, come into the house. What's with that window is that it was already broken before that. Yeah, it was. It was broken like way before that, though, I think. Not like. Yeah, no, I think I think they said it was like in August and this happened in December. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was the John, John Ramsey had broken the window in August. I don't remember why. He had locked himself um, out of the house and he used it okay. to get back in. So that's okay, how yeah. alone that, he, that a grown man can climb in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And later they do, one of the te- detectives goes in and out of the window just to show that you can go in and out of it. Exactly. And so, like I said, it borders an alleyway. So it's not, it would be real easy for someone to, if either get in or get out that way i would mm-hmm. think yeah so there's also a boot print found next to john Bonet's body um the boot print was from like a high-tech boot i hear that term a lot rec- like referring to the boot what does that mean what is a high-tech boot it has like i don't know in it i don't understand <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i think it's more like a hiking boot like or like a, a military boot? style boot like yeah like a tactical See, boot like a military sense. style High tech yeah and tactical i don't <laughs> i don't they, yeah it definitely should have tactical is probably the better word yeah, i would say probably but it didn't matter nobody in the family had boots like that so it didn't match any of them um there was also a flashlight that did not belong to the ramses oh. they said that was found on the kitchen counter what? so they didn't yeah i heard, i saw that in one of the things that i was going through but so I think that they at first thought maybe that was used to hit her, but I don't think it ended up being the, the thing. 
They did find DNA, which was blood from an unknown male in her underwear. Um, eventually, they do touch DNA on her pants um, that we'll talk about later. That's now been entered into CODIS, but obviously we haven't got any matches from that yet. Mm-hmm. But that's later. They don't find that at first because they didn't have the touch DNA back then. Mm-hmm. There was a suitcase um, that was found. Did the suitcase have a boot print on it as well? Because I thought that too. No, the, see what it was. The boot or the the suitcase was under the broken window, and mm-hmm. there was like a piece of broken glass on it, and like a scuff mark, either like on it or above it on the wall. So it looks like okay, they yeah. stepped on it. The and then inside mark, yeah. the suitcase, there was like a blanket and a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, I saw that they were trying to use the suitcase to like get her out of the yeah, house. Yeah, because I guess fibers from her clothes were also found either in the suitcase or like on the book or something like that. Like fibers yes. from her clothes that she had on at the time were somewhere in that suitcase. So it looks like at some point she was put in that suitcase. Yes, like they tried to put her in it to to get her out the window or something. But and you then- can't do that because the way that window is, is like below ground level. And there's like a gap that you have to crawl into yes. before you can get into the window. You couldn't get yourself and a suitcase out of that window because you have to like bend your body to get through it. Exactly. I think that was probably part of the plan mm-hmm. or something and then it didn't work. So they took her out. I don't know. Yeah. And then but, I heard people um, saying like, why didn't they just carry her out? I'm like, you're just going to carry her out like that and right. expect no one to see you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That wasn't an option either. Yeah. Okay, so the biggest piece of evidence, obviously, probably, besides the DNA, is the ransom note. The ransom note is three pages long, okay? it's a, That's an extremely long mm-hmm. ransom note, for one. Uh, that would have taken a lot of time to write. And it they found out they were able to link the ink to the pen that wrote the ransom note, which is insane to me. And it was a pen that was found inside the Ramsey house. And they also had written it on a pad that was inside the Ramsey house already. So, so they, they didn't had bring to... the note with them. Yeah, they, exactly. they had to write it in the house. Exactly. I have lots to talk about with this note. Can we talk? Can I talk about the note? Go ahead. I'm Let's so excited because I, I looked into this note like hardcore. The statement analysis, I made <laughs> notes oh on all the pages <laughs> and like highlighted all the stuff that I want to talk about. I really so want to get into it. <laughs> Great. I'm so excited. I don't like who wrote it though, because they make it really obvious. They're like, well, Patsy Ramsey would have done it this way. And if she wrote it, right. it would say it like this. And look, it says it like that. And I'm like, right. I don't want you to sway me. I want to see it for myself. I want the facts. Decide. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, first, I'm going to read the note. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. If you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we may call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier. And then it says delivery, but it's crossed out and it says pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. 
The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement, countermeasures, and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. And it's signed, Victory SBTC. Um, hello, Becca and Shannon here interrupting your podcast for a special announcement. What the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we didn't notice that until Becca got to editing. So sorry about all the weird noise. Up. And I don't know. That note is obviously horribly haunted because that is the only part of all of the recordings that sounds like that. And that's horrifying. And I'm going to have nightmares. And I'm going to have to delete this <laughs> off of my computer when I'm done because I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I literally got chills. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Yeah. So we just wanted you guys to know that we recognize it. And I'm not recording that over again. I, I can't. <laughs> yep. Sorry. <laughs> if you want to read the note, you can find it online. But I'm terrified. Okay. <laughs> Back to your regularly scheduled podcast programming. Okay, thank you. Bye. It's horrifying. I'm so scared. <laughs> I thought about recording it over. I was like, if it does it again, I'm going to cry. Oh, yeah. No, that wouldn't be okay. <laughs> I can't. So I'm going to kind of break down this note for you a little bit. Yes. Okay. Pretty much in the very beginning, it starts off a little weird. He goes, we are a group of individuals. Every group is comprised of individuals. What does right. that mean? <laughs> and then he says uh, a small foreign faction. Okay. The word foreign is weird because even if they were foreigners, they wouldn't call themselves foreigners. Exactly. That's true. They'd be like we are, you know, we are the blah, 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 whatever. They would name themselves. They would just say we're foreigners. That, that would be weird. And then um, they say we respect your business. Okay. Mentioning respect for his business tells us that the writer knows something about John Ramsey and his business. Yes. And then if it was a psychopath who was infatuated with John Bonet, why would he be talking about John's business? I agree with that completely. So that's a weird thing to bring up. Now, okay, when it says we respect your business, right after we, like before respect, there's like something that looks like it was crossed out that looks like D-O. It might say we don't respect your business and they change their mind. Okay. So obviously a kidnapper who already had their mind made up wouldn't make that mistake. Exactly. That's true. And then the writer misspells two words in the beginning. It's, it misspells business and possessions. But then later they correctly spell deviation and attache. Oh, wow. Okay. Even adding the accent on the word attache. Yeah, that makes sense. Which no I've sense. never used that word in my life. Who would use that word? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And so that leads us to believe that the writer was purpose purposefully misspelling words to try to make it look like an uneducated person was writing this. 
Right, I can see that. The two misspellings, they start in the first paragraph, and then after that, the writer uses correct grammar, except for maybe, like, one time, and there's no more misspellings after that, so that's more indication that it was done on purpose. Right, that makes sense. And then they forgot to keep misspelling things as they went on. Right, yes. (laughs) And then the writer says, we have your daughter in our possession. The words in our possession are unnecessary. Like, they should already know that if you're saying we kidnapped your daughter. Right, we have your daughter. And this yeah. kind of shows that it's like it's like wordy, like, oh, she's in our possession. Right, extra words that don't need to be there that exactly. would have taken extra time exactly. to write. Exactly, not only extra time, but like, it kind of sounds like he's trying to convince them, oh, we have her. Yeah, right. Which kind of clues in to where she was probably already dead. Yes, yeah. And then they talk about the $118,000. Yes, I want to talk about you that. You can talk about that part if you want to. Okay, so $118,000 is a weird amount of money. Okay, if you're asking for a ransom, especially for a ransom of someone that they clearly know a little bit about John, you so they have to know that he's a millionaire, and they're going to ask for $118,000. But So the amount alone is weird, but $118,000 is almost the exact amount of John's bonus that year. Which was, they had to have known that. They had to have. There's no way they didn't know that. Exactly. That's too specific. Yes, that makes no sense. It, they has somebody, Whoever wrote that note had to have known what his bonus was that exactly. year. Exactly. And then they say, uh, they, they say withdraw $118,000 from your account, which is weird for a kidnapper. They wouldn't really tell you where to get the money from. Exactly, yes. Especially a big amount like that. Go take that out of the bank. That's a huge red flag. Exactly. And then they say the word attache, which is, has an accent That's over the weird. letter E. And most people in the U.S. do not use this special character. Right. And maybe it's because they wanted the, the people reading it to believe that they were foreign. Or they might have done it because they were educated and they knew that that accent had to be there. Yes. And then it talks about, the, okay, the pronouns, right? Mm-hmm. It contradicts itself a lot. Um, so if you're writing as a group, you have like a group mentality. And your language is going gonna, is gonna to reflect that, right? We right. are us. Yes. In the first paragraph, five times, the writer uses a plural pronoun, like us, you know? And then later on, they use singular, like I. They go, um, he should have said, we will call you. He said, I will call you. And he said, right. I advise you be well-rested. It should have been, we advise you to be well-rested, right? Yes deviation of my instruction will result in immediate uh, execution of your daughter but again my my instruction right yes so that makes it look like it's not really a group it's an individual pretending to be a group one of the documentaries that i watched had a handwriting analysis lady on there and she said that it would be it would have been easy for somebody to disguise their handwriting maybe for the first paragraph or two and then eventually their natural state of handwriting would come back more towards the end right. that's why it looks different that totally kind of at the end when they were doing the handwriting analysis and comparison for everybody they tried to focus more towards the end of the note right and we definitely see evidence of that throughout the whole thing yes with them changing all the pronouns and stuff that makes right, a lot exactly of sense. and then he starts talking about he says uh we have the two gentlemen watching over your daughter okay and that part the word over it's a little bit unnecessary Right, yes. In a kidnapping, the kidnappers would be watching the abductee, right? They would want to keep a close eye on her. They want to make sure she doesn't escape or try to get help, right? Yes. The writer says they're watching over Jean Benet, right? Which means they're not really keeping a close eye on her. They're just kind of 
there's two reasons why you wouldn't be not closely watching your hostage. Either one, you knew for sure she couldn't get away, or two, she was dead. Right, exactly. That makes sense. And so watching over also makes it sound like she was already passed away. Yes, okay. And then it continues, it goes by saying, the two men watching over your daughter do not particularly like you. And when you look at the note, it says, do particularly like you, and then not is written in with like a little line. Oh, okay. That's very <laughs> Which is weird. It's like written above it. Like they forgot a word. Exactly. Like how do you how do you mess that up? If you don't like that person, how do you forget to write that you do not like them? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <that's laughs> that doesn't make weird. sense. So there's several exclamation points all throughout it, right? But then mm-hmm. when it says the phrase over and over again, it says she dies, there's a period at the end. Oh, okay. And so there's like um there's like movie references throughout the note. And in the movie Dirty Harry, the the character that Clint Eastwood plays is looking for this guy who kidnapped a little girl. And when the dude, I guess his name is Scorpio. I've never seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Scorpio tells the uh, Clint Eastwood that if he does not follow his orders, quote, the girl dies. In the movie, the girl was already dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it kind of is a little bit of a, it kind of seems like that movie reference. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. And so there are like three times when the writer uses the exclamation point, like when he says, listen carefully, you know. Mm-hmm. But in talking about Jean Benet, there are not any exclamation points used. Okay. Now, the note is addressed to Mr. Ramsey. However, towards the end of the note, Mr. Ramsey becomes John. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the writer yeah. refers to Mr. Ramsey as John three times near the end of the note. And if yes, this was does. a, quote, foreign faction, they would continually use the term Mr. Ramsey. Referring right. to him by his first name is really personal for a kidnapper that's, that doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. And so by calling him John, especially near the end, it, like in the last para- like paragraph, it calls him John like three times. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. And so there's, right. a, there's a lot to unpack in that note. There's a lot that, that suggests it was written after she already died. Yeah. And there's also a lot to suggest it's someone who knows John Ramsey pretty well, knows knows his bonus information. Exactly. Talks yes. about his business. It barely talks about Jean Bonnet. It doesn't talk about his wife at all. It doesn't right, talk about yes. his other children. It's mostly just directed towards and about him. Exactly. Which is really weird, considering the, weird. The, the graphic nature of what happened to her. Exactly. Yeah, that's what makes it, it make really sense. weird. Yeah. I saw one of the documentaries that John, his personal theory is the intruder theory Mm -hmm. and he thinks what he thinks happened is that whenever they were at the christmas party that somebody broke in then wrote the note and then waited for them to get home he thinks that somebody broke in and waited for them to all fall asleep yeah and then they killed her i guess it's not impossible but i still don't think the note was written before she passed away yeah it would make more sense for it to have been written after i would think right i feel like maybe like when they realized they couldn't get her out with them maybe Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, well, I need to, I need something to where they don't come looking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of my theory. I obviously I can't prove that, but I just feel like if they realized they couldn't take her out of the house, they're like, well, I need some way to stop them from coming after me immediately. Right. Okay. I yeah. need time to get away. I need time to come up with an alibi, whatever they got to do. Okay. But okay. So if they wrote it after she was already dead, which I was, I would assume that's what I had yeah. always kind of assumed. Me too. Um, so what did we say her time of death was? Because we well, didn't I say think it. Oh, the, autopsy the autopsy said it was like one thirty in the morning, and then they don't wake up until like six. 
Yeah, well, it was like five, I think. Five, yeah. five, so five even then, he had several. Like, if it's one something in the morning, you're not thinking anyone's going to wake up anytime soon and come get exactly. you. Exactly. You still have a couple hours, a few hours right. at least. So everyone says it's really crazy that this note was so long. But the longer you make it, the more they have to look over before they come looking for her. That's true. That's exactly true. That's yeah. very, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so the note was also found on the back staircase of the house. Apparently, there's more than one staircase in their house. And the note was found at the bottom, laying on the bottom stair of the back staircase. I didn't know that. So, like, Patsy used that staircase, apparently. You know, every morning she'd go from her room to the kitchen, I assume, you know, to get coffee or whatever she does in the morning. And so that's where the note was found. It wasn't found on the main staircase. How close, I wonder, you probably don't know this. How close was the back staircase to the basement compared to the front staircase? Oh, I don't know that. That's a good question. Because it was like right outside the door to the basement or whatever, and they just set it there. Or if they specifically had to go to this staircase. That staircase was closest to the kitchen, I believe. Because it's like right, that's where she would take every morning to go to the kitchen. So I don't know. I wonder if I can pull up like a map of this house. There might be one, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. I want to know what. I, I'm i looking at, I'm going to send this to you. because this is Send really it to my email. Text it to my email. If I can get Yahoo to open it. You can't just type my email in the text message thing. In the text message thing? Like, instead of typing my phone number, type my email address. Shut up. Really? Yeah. That's been a thing for like 10 years. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You're for real? Yeah. If this works, I'm going to freak out. It does work. I can send you, from my email, I can send you a text message after you send this to me and I have the, the number. Shut the fuck up. I'll, I'll respond. I'm going to respond. I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. I watch. cannot. <laughs> Technology. What is happening? I'm too old to be learning new things. Oh. <laughs> but I'm sending you pictures of the basement and of the first floor. Yes, I did. I got it. <gasps> what? Did I just send you an email? From a text message? From a text message. This has not been a thing for 10 years. Please don't tell me that. No, it really has, because I've definitely been doing this for years. Oh my god. I'm going to cry. Okay, so are you looking at the pictures? Yeah, now I'm looking. Okay, so look at the basement. This is what I was freaking out about. You have to literally, from the window, go through the storage room, through one door, and the stairs are right in front of you there, and then you have to turn around, go through the boiler room, into the wine cellar, and that's where she was found at. Yes. So it's a whole big maze you have to go through to even get back there. And then when you come out of the wine cellar, the stairs that lead up into the kitchen, you can see on the second, uh, the second picture, it goes directly to the kitchen. Okay. So those stairs were right by the basement. Yes. That's what it looks like. But that's not where they found the note on this picture. It was on the round staircase that goes from the second floor to the first floor. That's how you go from the second yes, floor to okay, the first floor. And then you have to go to into the kitchen. The kitchen and then there's another stairs that go down to the basement. Unless they left the note as they were taking Jean Bonnet from her bedroom to the basement. Because they had to go through the kitchen because they got the pineapple. Right, exactly. Yeah, so maybe you went up to the second floor, got her, goes down this spiral, spiral staircase, stairs, leaves yeah. the letter at the bottom, goes into the kitchen, does mm-hmm. the pineapple, and then goes down into the basement. That actually makes more sense to me because when you go down the stairs into the basement, you don't have to go through as many doorways as you do coming from the window. 
Right. You go down that's the true. stairs, you can immediately go through the boiler room into the wine cellar. So that's the broken window. So they would have, okay. The suitcase was by that window. Yeah. So they took her body from that suitcase and put it in the wine cellar? I guess so. All the way across the freaking basement. And there's always possible they could have moved the suitcase into the wine cellar and then put it back to get out the window. Yeah. I guess they were trying to, like, hide her. Well, I'm assuming that they took the suitcase, went and tried to put her in it, and then tried to get her out the window, but that didn't work. So they went and put her back in the wine cellar and then put the suitcase back by the window to get out, to step on it. That's just a lot of walking around, walking back and forth. It's so much time that she could have been found and you could have been caught. Yeah. It was really, really late at night. Like, I don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're in that time of night, you don't assume anybody's going to be up. No. Like, that's when I get all my best reading done because I know my kids aren't going to be awake. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm always chugging coffee, everybody. <laughs> And then it does help me to know where the writing pad and the sharpie were found. I was just looking at that yeah. just now. How funny. So Unless they wrote it while she was eating the pineapple. That's entirely possible. She's sitting in the kitchen eating the pineapple. Hey, look, there's a pen. Hey, I passed this pad while I was walking through there. And then set it right there next to it on the stairs. Yep. That totally makes sense. And then walk back, grab the flashlight. There's She's a right lot there. of noise going on in the back. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm not even paying. I'm not even paying attention. To I know. I'm, I'm not I'm listening just... to anything going on around me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're just like, there's a map. We have a map. We I know. I can everything. see the house. I don't know what's what anybody's heard. So I'm sorry for it. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know how long that was happening behind me. <laughs> I'm focused. Okay. What were we talking about before we got so epically distracted? Um, okay. The note was found at the bottom of that staircase, that other staircase. The spiral staircase. The spiral yes. staircase. Oh, so there was supposedly evidence that they had started writing the note and then stopped and like ripped a page out of the notepad and then oh, started okay. over. I didn't know that. I guess that like there was like pages missing, supposedly. I don't know if maybe they said, oh, no, we've never ripped a page out of this notepad in our lives. And that's why right. they think pages are missing. I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> How did they know pages were missing? Yeah, that's true. And they didn't find any missing pages anywhere. like As far as I know. Yeah. And so in order to get her out of bed, let's talk about this for a minute. Okay. There, there are theories that maybe she was stunned in bed and then passed out from that and then she was carried downstairs but she would have had to be awake to eat the pineapple exactly that yeah that's the thing i feel like if they had stunned her in the bed she would not have taken pineapple from them exactly i feel like right? it had to have been like a friendly here's some food that i know right. you like for some reason and i can't imagine a six-year-old waking up to a stranger trying to feed them and not being like where are my parents exactly <laughs> who are I, you exactly I don't know. That just doesn't sound very plausible to me. Cause yeah, me. I feel like it had to be somebody that she knew. It had to. Otherwise, like, she would have freaked out. Right. Exactly. I just had the worst thought. But like, it yeah. was right after Christmas. What if they had like dressed up like Santa? <gasps> Stop. That's horrifying. Because she would have totally done anything that they said after that. Right. Right. Yeah. She's six. Oh, oh, that's, oh that's I hate that. That's a very that. good point, though. Really. Oh. And they were wearing boots. Santa would a Santa outfit. That's he would have true. boots on. That's very, very true. That to get her out of bed, like they, 
They had to get her from her room to the kitchen. We already know that because she definitely ate the pineapple. Exactly. And then they had to get her from the kitchen to the basement. But getting her out of bed to the kitchen without her freaking out would have been the hardest part. Right. Because you would assume that's where the stun gun would come in. But but she ate. But she ate the pineapple. Right. And the fact that it was a, a, a weird food that right. is specific to her and her brother. Exactly. And you're not going to ask somebody who just threatened you with a stun gun, can I please have some pineapple or milk, please, sir? Exactly. No. Also, why did they give her food first? Yeah, that's why. Weird. Unless she asked for it. If it was somebody she knew. And they walked through the kitchen, hey, I'm hungry, I want a snack. And they're like, well, I got to write this ransom note anyway, here you go. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. if they wrote the note while she was eating the pineapple, then yeah. that would make a lot of sense to me. But Because yeah. it's written like... Like she's already dead, unless they yeah. knew that they were going to kill her. Then why focus the whole note on John? Unless they were really trying to get money from him and just thought that they wouldn't, they wouldn't call the police and they wouldn't find her body. $118,000 for a yeah. person who's worth millions. I feel like the money wasn't that any makes part no of it at all. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's too coincident. We don't believe in coincidences. We, we do don't. Yeah, I do not, not believe that he coincidentally got 118000 It was like 118100 and some change or something, right? Yeah, it wasn't exactly, but, but it was 118000 and a little bit more. And so for the ransom amount to be exactly 118000 that's ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way that just was an accident. Yeah, that makes no sense. In the podcast, the, um, just hold on, wait, I want to mention this podcast and I want to get the name right because it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, the podcast is really good. We listened to the podcast, um... The Killing of Jean Benet, The Final Suspects, go listen to it. There's so much in there that there's no way we'll e we're ever going to fit into ours. Go listen to it. It's like 12 episodes. Just it's do it. really good. <laughs> it's really, really good. good. Like her father's in it. The real investigators are in it giving interviews. Yes. It's really, really good. And then they said on there that there was like a beaver hair found somewhere on her. Did you hear oh. that? Mm. I heard, okay, so I heard something about they were searching for, like, a beaver-haired boots or something that Patsy Yeah, because I guess the mom had owned, had supposedly owned boots that had beaver hair, but they never found them. Okay. So they never found where this beaver hair came from. That's very random. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they find that boot print right next to her body in that uh, wine cellar room, right? I don't understand why there's one... What is the boot print in? Why is there one boot print? I don't know. In the whole area. Like, because if like there was something on the cellar, boot. It's probably like dusty. It's yeah, probably maybe. one good boot print. Because from right. the podcast, they were saying there were two different shoe prints. One was a tactical boot and one was a different kind of shoe. Okay. But I don't know what other kind of shoe it was. And that supposedly leads them to believe that there was more than one person involved. Well, the note says the two men watching over her, right? Yeah, yeah. So I could see that too. Yeah, yeah. And then that podcast also talks about how somebody had been like leaving cigarette butts in the Ramsey's backyard. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, do you remember that? You don't remember that part? I don't remember that part. I was listening to it really hard and like writing shit down the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at work, so I was. Okay, no, I was hardcore paying attention. So, like, somebody had been leaving cigarette butts in their backyard, and they, like, reported it to the police, and the police come and they, like, take one as a sample. But as far as we know, it was never tested. 
Like what? after her death. I don't know if maybe they just lost it or maybe they just took the sample to shut them up or whatever. Like, hey, we'll look into it. I feel like that's really important because none of them I know. smoke. Exactly, right? And so somebody like that's something that they do when they're watching a house. They'll stand there and they'll smoke while they watch the house and get a handle on yes. people's routine, right? That's incredibly important. But as far as we know, it was never tested. We don't even know if they still have it. That's crazy. That's insane to me. That I feel like if that was tested and if it like matched the DNA that was on her or even if it didn't, that would be a huge clue. Right. I would think so. Yeah. But how do you prove that the cigarettes had anything to do with? It definitely proves somebody was watching the house. I mean, you could at least question that person. Yeah. They could just like say, a... that's where I go to smoke cigarettes. But it was like know, in their something... backyard or something. Okay. Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah. So that's pretty much all we know about what was physically in the house. The evidence, yeah, that they found. Yeah, okay. So a few days later, December 31st, 1996, JonBenet is buried in Marietta, Georgia, which is the Ramsey's hometown. She was buried next to her half-sister, the one who was killed in the car crash in 92. A few, actually, I believe it was a few hours even after JonBenet was found, um, John and Patsy both contact lawyers. They both contact separate lawyers. So there's one for John and one for Patsy, which there's been a murder inside your house. You should probably call a lawyer. Well, he said in the podcast, didn't he, that they had told him yes. right afterward. They were like, you need to get a lawyer. Actually, you need to get two lawyers because one can't lawyers. represent the both of you. Exactly. Which is smart. Yeah. Suspicious looking from the outside, but it's still... I don't know. To me, I feel like you should get separate lawyers because if you, it's like if you both go down, you're going down together. I guess if you have one lawyer, and mm-hmm. then you still have another son out that needs you, like right, right. to be your, the parent. So yeah, at least that way you have at least a chance of one of you, one of you having different charges than the other one. Exactly. Yeah. Together, you're not going to serve the exact same sentence or yes. whatever. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that's probably better. Yeah. The Ramseys, they still hadn't talked to the police um, or been formally interviewed by the police anyway they had been talking to them but on january 1st so the day after john Bonet is buried um john and patsy do an interview for cnn and they still have not talked to the police Ooh. about the investigation but now they're talking to the world so yeah i i thought that was kind of weird i i don't i can't say i don't know how i would react so i can't really judge them too much and they're, they're emotional. It's just... Yeah. Plus, they want to find their child's killer. I guess that makes more sense to me. That's pretty much what it is. We're going to listen to just a little bit of it. Ooh. There is a killer on the loose. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a he or a she. But if I were a resident of Boulder, I will tell my friends to keep... Keep your babies close to you. There's someone out there. But yeah, so they did that interview with CNN, and that was their first public comment on the case, okay? And they still had not done their police interviews yet, so that's kind of weird. Yeah. So a few months later, on March 13th, 97, a retired detective from Colorado Springs joined the investigation. His name is Lou Smith, and he has done probably the most work on the case. So he believed that an intruder had murdered John Bonet. 
So the media at that point was kind of saying that John and Patsy had something to do with it. Um, but Lou, he definitely believed an intruder had killed her. It's said that he was assigned to the case, right? And he investigates. And then they force him to resign after he comes out and says that an intruder did it and not the Ramses. Okay, so that's what... And then he what... continued investigating on his own. That's why I wrote that down. He, it says he worked the case until September of 98. So that's probably when he was officially working the case. And then he did it on his own from that yeah, point Yeah, because September of 98 is when the grand jury is created to indict the Ramses. That's very true. That's true. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So he says, oh, it was an intruder. And then they're like, no, you have to go. We're indicting the Ramses. Exactly. Yes, that's what happened. That sucks. But he's the one who pretty much came out with all of the information that we talked about before under the broken window the faint markings on the suitcase he's the one who and pretty much did the hardcore part of the investigation mm-hmm. he's the one who had the dna tested from jean benet's fingernails and her underpants and they discovered that her attacker was a male he's the one who discovered that the marks on her face and back definitely could have been made by a stun gun the other theory in that was that those marks were made by a toy train track that burke had there was also a um, county coroner named Michael Doberson, and he said that after examining Smith's photos that he agreed that it could have definitely might have been a stun gun. Mm-hmm. That goes more with the intruder theory. Yeah. I never understood why they thought it was train tracks. I guess because the, the ends of the train track were like the same size or something, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, they're like, and it's like the same distance apart, the two prongs on the train track. So, right. I mean, it kind of looks like it, but to me, those marks don't look like a stab or a hit with No, the, they look like a burn. Yeah, they look like a burn, like from yeah. a stun gun. That's exactly what they look like. So, Lou Smith died from cancer in August of 2010, but his children are now following his lead in the investigation and they're doing like their own thing on their own to try to solve it. We will link, um, if we can, we will link their, um, GoFundMe. Yes. In our notes. Yes, for sure. It helps them be able to investigate, to get DNA from people. They're, they're doing all kind of good stuff. Yep. Run tests and hire investigators and do everything they need to do. On April 30th of 1997, that is when police conduct their first formal interviews with John and Patsy. They finally agreed to separate interviews, apparently. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, four months after her murder? Mm-hmm. Then June of 97, the Ramsey family moves out of Boulder and into a house in the suburbs of Atlanta. They did not live in the house where Jean Bonnet died, they, but apparently they still lived in Boulder. But they obviously they didn't live in the house anymore. Mm-hmm. In December of 97, the Boulder police say that John and Patsy remain under an umbrella of suspicion. Mm. So they're focused very heavily on John and Patsy and not so much on pretty much anything else. Seems crazy to me. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous. They, they just really don't investigate anything else. Other people did. Lou Smith does. But most of the Boulder police, they did not. They were very focused on John and Patsy. Right. In the in the podcast, when John was talking about it, when they went in for these um, interviews, right, the cops come in and they hand them their business cards and they say auto theft and narcotics on them. Right. Yeah, I heard that part. That's crazy. There's no crazy. homicide. There's like, they don't do that. They don't do homicide. And then when Denver offered to help, they were like, no, nah, we got it. Yeah. Why would you not ask for help? 
Exactly. Right. You, you right. don't know what you're doing. There's a killer right. out there. Why would you not ask for help from people who are more experienced than you? Get over your ego and let exactly. them help you. And now that you haven't, it's now 2022 and it still hasn't been solved and it's y'all's fault. Exactly. Exactly. And still, it's still kind of their fault if they're not letting anybody test the DNA anymore. Right. Why would you not do that? Why would you That's take all of it? Do whatever you want. Take everything. Test everything. You can have yes, it. Why would you exactly. not do that? Why not? That makes no sense. I don't understand. No, we can handle it. Right. Like 20 years later. Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently not. Almost 30 years later. How long has it been? Yeah. Jean Bonnet is a year older than we are. What? Yeah. What? I meant to text you that yesterday, but I forgot. But yeah, Jean Bonnet, she was born in 90. So. Oh my God. (gasps) That's so weird. She would be our age. Yeah. Oh, uh. No wonder my mom's face always goes dark every time I mention Jean Bonnet lately. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like she just panics. On September 16th, 1998, the Boulder City Grand Jury voted to open an investigation against John and Patsy. Four days later, that is when Lou Smith resigns on September 20th. But during the investigation, that's when the handwriting analysis is done on the ransom note. Um, Burke and John are cleared. Patsy could not be cleared conclusively anyway they didn't say that yes she definitely wrote it but they didn't say she didn't write it but they did a whole investigation into john and patsy specifically it took over a year um october 13th 1999 district attorney alex hunter he ultimately decided that they did not have sufficient evidence to be able to file charges against them and he did not sign the indictment right like i guess the grand jury they hear everything right and then the the best they can consider charging the Ramseys with is uh, placing Jean Benet at risk in a way that led to her death. Yes. Like that was the most they could come up with. And it wasn't even unanimous. Right. And that's not enough to do anything. Right. So they were like, no, we're not going to file charges. We don't have enough. Yes. On March 1st, 2000, the Ramseys release a book titled The Death of Innocence, The Untold Story of John Bonnet's Murder and How Its Exploitation Compromised the Pursuit of Truth. Very long title. It's a very long title. I really want to read it, honestly. Right. It probably has a lot of information about what they were having to deal with. Right. December 2003, a new DNA sample that's submitted to the FBI database in a hope of finding new leads. And this is the touch DNA that they got off of her long johns, off of her pants. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that before. They, like, scraped it off of her pants later. Mm -hmm. As far as I can tell, we don't hear anything else about that. But the touch DNA has been entered into CODIS and nothing. They haven't found it. They still haven't found anything with that. Well, I was going to say, like, the police were so focused on the Ramses, right? Did you know they bugged the cemetery? The cemetery? They bugged the cemetery where Jean Benet was buried. What the hell? That is Just in case the parents would say anything incriminating over her grave. Wow. That bothers me so much. One place should be sacred. One place. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I did not know that. She even like spoke about it and she was talking about how hurt she was. And I don't blame her. I can't imagine. On June 24th, 2006... Patsy Ramsey dies at the age of 49 of ovarian cancer. Uh, She's buried next to John Bonet. When Patsy died, Patsy and John were still under suspicion of being involved in the case. Mm -hmm. 
Two years after Patsy dies, on July 9th of 2008, Boulder City District District Attorney Mary Lacey released a statement, and she said, The Boulder District Attorney's Office does not consider any member of the Ramsey family, including John, Patsy, or Burke Ramsey, as suspects in this case. She said that it had been determined that the DNA evidence was male but did not belong to anyone in the Ramsey family, and she formally apologizes to John in the letter. And everybody gets pissed. Everybody does get pissed (laughs) because everybody thinks that that's what happened. So on September 1st, 2016, the police chief in Boulder, his name is Greg Testa. He released a statement on the JonBenet murder investigation saying that the investigators will not give up. Um, The statement came in response to several movies and documentaries and a new book that were all being released. So they felt like they had to say something that they weren't giving up. Um, He said that they had processed more than 1,500 pieces of evidence, analyzed more than 200 DNA samples, and investigated more than 20,000 tips and interviewed more than 1,000 people. On September 6th, so five days after that, Burke Ramsey, he's 29 now at the time, he does an interview with Dr. Phil, and he says, I know people think that I did it, that my parents did it. I know we were suspects, um, which we'll talk about that in part two. He said that he told police in interviews back in 1998, and there are videos of these interrogation tapes, that he never left his bedroom while people came in and out of the house because he was scared. He was told to stay in his room. He didn't know what was going on. He was nine. Mm-hmm. He said that he always believed a pedophile who had seen JonBenet perform sneaked into the house and murdered her. That's what Burke thinks happened. He said he was speaking out at that time because he wanted to honor her memory and he didn't want people to forget about her. So on December 28th, 2016, the same year, CBS aired a docuseries about the case, suggesting that Burke may have been the culprit. CBS's team hired investigators. They looked into the case. They reviewed the 911 tape. The 911 tape keeps rolling after Patsy thought that she hung up. Okay, okay, so we're going to play the 911 tape, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Okay, that was before she thought she hung up. Okay, so now let's hear what, after she thought she hung up, what they were saying. Okay, I don't know if y'all can even hear that because I really couldn't. I but couldn't um, hear anything at all. It's, it was reported in that CBS special. Okay, so after 
they enhanced it for that special. They said, the investigator said that they thought they could hear, after Patsy hung up, a female voice say, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. And then a male voice say, we're not speaking to you. And then a child's voice say, what did you find? I don't hear any of that. I I don't hear it. <laughs> the point was that the Ramseys told the police that Burke was asleep. So if there's a child's voice on the phone, then Burke was obviously not asleep and that they lied. I don't, I don't hear it. Right. Me either. I think, I feel like I've heard it before when I've yeah, listened right? to it enhanced, but okay. So, but that's what was said in the CBS special was that they heard that voice and they heard a child's voice. Burke filed a $250 million defamation lawsuit against the network. The production company that made the documentary and one of the es one of the experts featured in the special, his name was Dr. Werner Spitz. Burke filed the big defamation lawsuit against all of those people, and then he filed a separate defamation lawsuit against the Dr. Dr. Spitz in October um, based on a comment that he had made um, saying that he thought Burke had bludgeoned John Bonet to death during a radio interview. So it's like a defamation of character saying that he did something that nobody can prove he did. Yeah, I would, oh, I, yeah. I would definitely be suing someone if they oh, said yeah, that about sure. me. <laughs> uh, John Ramsey even filed his own suit against CBS later. Okay, so January 2nd, 2019, the Michigan Circuit Court Judge David Groner, Groner, I don't know, signs an order of dismissal in the defamation lawsuit. And then court documents show that John Ramsey's separate lawsuit was also settled and dismissed the same day. The results of the settlement are not disclosed though. So we don't know. I don't blame them. I'd keep it to myself too. Yeah, I absolutely would too. Um, okay. So after Patsy died, John Ramsey actually met Beth Holloway. She's the mom of missing Natalie Holloway that we have talked about before. Oh yeah. Um, it was reported that they had started dating, but John, he played down their relationship. He said they weren't dating. They were just friends based on their common interests. Hmm. John eventually moved to Moab, 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 I don't know, Utah, mm. and he met his third wife, Jan Ru Russo, I believe it's Russo, it's very long. Mm -hmm. uh, he met her in July of 2011, and they later got married, and then they moved to Michigan. So that's where he's at now. Okay, that is, that's all I have as far as, like, the story of what happened. After that, all we really have to talk about is the theories. Which we will do in part two, because this is already freakishly long. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry about the link, but I'm not. We sorry needed it. About the We're link. not sorry. I'm not sorry. Next, next episode. I don't know if it's going to be this long, but I don't. Oh, might but be. But I feel like I, I could talk know. about it forever. So yeah. it might. It be. could be two hours long. It could be thirty minutes. Right. Uh, you'll know when we do. <laughs> Just stay tuned. Stay tuned. I love that. This has been evidence of monsters. Lots of, not that much evidence of a monster. It's a lot of not a lot of evidence. <laughs> yeah, lots of evidence, lots of contradicting information. I don't mm -hmm. know. There's I don't just know. a lot this is... to talk about. <laughs> um, evidence of pineapples. Evidence, there is pineapples. Yeah, we have that episode. Evidence of evidence. pineapple. <laughs> There's DNA evidence that doesn't match anything. Yep. So There's... <laughs> Yeah, there's Two a lot. that we don't know where they came from. Random yep. beaver furs. 
there's a lot of nothing. A lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of evidence of nothing. Nothing. Yes. <laughs> Great. Um, you can follow us on Instagram where we will post like the maps that we were looking at so you guys can reference those and other fun stuff. Oh, our Instagram is Evidence of Monsters. You can follow us on Twitter, Evidence of Monst, M-O-N-S-T. You can send us an email, evidenceofmonsters at yahoo.com. Um, tell us what you think. You can rate us on uh, Apple and Spotify or wherever you're listening to us at. Come back for part two where we really get into all the theories, all the ideas of what could have happened and who could have done it. And let us know what you think. That would be great. Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing a great job. I didn't want to. Oh, okay. You were getting all I don't know the you disappeared. No, you're fine. <laughs> okay. You're just, I was in the zone. You didn't want to interrupt. Got <laughs> yeah, <it>. exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We need to link the name of the GoFundMe that Lou Smith's family is doing. I'm assuming they're still doing that. I, I would definitely assume so. Me, yeah, they've been doing it for so long. Up. Look it up. Lou Smith. It's called Jean Benet. Lou Smith's family searches for justice. It's on GoFundMe. Uh, yeah, people are are donating as much as five days ago, so they're still going. Okay, good, good. Uh, in July of 2021, they posted an update. Wanted to notify everyone we have added two very experienced, motivated, and talented retired detectives to our team. So That's they're still good. going, just as, as early as July of 21. We've located another job who's developed a proprietary software program that can analyze the Bode Long John's DNA data from 2008 at a much deeper level, as we understand it. And not only can the profiles from unknown male one and unknown male two referenced <clears throat> in that 2008 report be untangled, but additional markers could also be located to add to the profile. What? I'm confused. Unknown male what? too. What is happening? I need to know <laughs> what is happening. Yeah, that sounds like it's a very important piece of information we need. Wow. What it what what's happening? So I guess when this DNA was tested in 2008, mm-hmm. it didn't match anybody and it ruled out the Ramses and everything. And now they're saying that it could have been DNA from two people. What? And Therefore, anything they try to to match it to wouldn't have matched. Right, that makes sense. When when did they figure that out? That was in like 2016, from what I can tell. And there's still a lot of things that haven't been tested, and now they're saying they can retest them with new technology and get more detailed results, which totally makes sense. But I guess nobody's doing it, and now the father is like petitioning to have it tested by a third party because. Boulder isn't doing anything with it. Wow. That's wild. The DNA is mainly what makes me believe that they had nothing to do with it. And to think that it could be wrong, it's kind of horrifying. Yeah, me too. Exactly. He needs excitement, Mom. He needs entertainment. He's got a TV and three tablets and a phone. (laughs) (laughs) He can be chill for an hour. (laughs) If only. If only they could be chill for an hour. That would be great. I love you very much. Get out of my room. No. <laughs> You're so sweet. Don't I couldn't do it. I would have to, I'd be like, you could stay. Whatever you want, baby. It's fine. Yeah, you say that until they start <laughs> bothering you. <laughs>
because I would say the same thing to yours. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give him three minutes. <laughs> and you'd be like, you have to. Go give them one. <laughs> Collectively oh. give them one. Individually right, yeah. give them three. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And that was it. Okay, so cut it after she was asleep. When they got okay. home, they her to bed. It's fine. <laughs> Editing is a miracle. It's fine. That's great. <laughs> we need to just, our, our extras show them all of our bloopers and how much we miss <laughs> we, we literally mess up everything and you guys have no idea that's great Becca's so good at editing <laughs> I'm not every time I, like, I re-listen to our episodes all the time and I in every single one I could mark like 18 places places that I want to go back and fix right now oh no <laughs> I don't every time. them though so. well that's good <laughs> hopefully other people don't either they might <laughs> <laughs>